In an isolated research lab, sequestered in an unremarkable building far from prying eyes, an atmosphere of intensity gripped every square inch. No chit-chat, no coffee breaks, every scientist was absorbed in the project at hand. The room was a marvel of technology, banks of supercomputers, multiple monitors displaying data graphs and 3D models, and high-powered telescopes linked to satellite feeds. Wires snaked across the floor like tendrils, connecting servers to processes to displays. Fingers danced over keyboards, eyes flitted across data charts, and palms sweated beneath latex gloves. The team of astrophysicists, usually a collected group, wore expressions of incredulity mixed with awe. Their radio telescopes had detected something extraordinary, an anomalous frequency unlike anything they'd ever encountered. The waveform pattern didn't adhere to any known cosmic signals, coming from what appeared to be an absolute void in the depths of space, a dark zone devoid of stars, gas, or any recognizable matter. This dark vacuum seemed to defy explanation, yet it was here that the frequency originated. Complex algorithms running on equally complex machinery went to work, analyzing and decoding the signal in real time. As the computer processors whirred and crunched data, the results began to materialize on the glowing monitors. Equations filled the screens, mathematical models that challenged the foundations of evolutionary biology and genetic science. As the calculations converged, a breakthrough unfolded before their eyes. The decoded frequency seemed to hold the key to accelerated evolution, a rapid transformation of biological life. Not a simple mutation or accelerated growth, but a comprehensive overhaul of genetic structures, as if time itself could be bent to expedite natural processes. It was as mind-boggling as it was groundbreaking, yet here it was, staring at them through the binary language of their computer screens. The room pulsed with an electric energy, as if the walls themselves sensed the magnitude of the discovery. Each scientist, now fully aware of the potential implications, found themselves teetering on the edge of a precipice, peering into a chasm of infinite possibilities and unimaginable consequences. It was a Pandora's box of cosmic proportions, and the lid had just been cracked open. Decision-making took on a frenetic pace, there was no time for drawn-out ethical debates or procedural delays. While one team continued to mine the data, another group, made up of engineers and field biologists, quickly hashed out a protocol for containment and testing. Documentation was digitized, non-disclosure agreements were virtually signed, and within what felt like mere moments, a plan was in motion. An island, far removed from civilization, was chosen as the test site. Located in the middle of an expansive ocean, this landmass had never felt the footfall of humanity. Surrounded by treacherous waters and currents, it was a natural fortress, its ecosystem untouched and unexplored. A drone fleet, deployed from an offshore research vessel, carried the equipment needed to broadcast the decoded frequency across the island. With everything in place, the button was pressed. The frequency, transformed into a sonic wave capable of penetrating soil, water, and air, spread across the island like a sonic wildfire. Cameras and sensors, pre-installed by drones, relayed the effects back to the lab in real time. What they captured was astonishing. The island's ecosystem went haywire. 
Ferns that should have taken years to grow completed their life cycle in minutes, their fronds twisting into bizarre shapes. Trees, as if reaching for an invisible sun, stretched their branches upward with unnatural speed, their trunks expanding and contorting. Animals were not immune. Insects underwent rapid molts, their carapaces hardening into metallic hues, wings gaining serrated edges. But what truly disturbed the team was the emergence of traits never before seen on Earth. Plants developed predatory mechanisms. What appeared to be vines now acted like tentacles, snatching insects out of the air. Small mammals exhibited chameleon-like traits, their fur changing colors in real-time camouflage. Fish swimming near the shoreline transformed, gaining the ability to breathe both water and air, their fins morphing into rudimentary limbs. The visuals and data streaming back were a blend of scientific wonder and creeping horror. The speed and extent of the transformations defied logic. It was evolution, but not as anyone understood it. It was as though life itself had been given a cheat code, skipping levels in a game too complex to comprehend. There were no categories or boxes to check. What they'd unleashed existed outside the boundaries of any known science. And yet, as they watched the spectacle unfold, the weight of their actions settled in. This was uncharted territory, a volatile mix of potential and peril. And for better or worse, the die had been cast, they were now active participants in an experiment whose outcome no one could predict. With every passing minute, satellites in geosynchronous orbit beamed back data and visuals that left the team both astounded and anxious. No corner of the island remained untouched by the evolutionary upheaval. Powered by supercomputers, algorithms analyzed changes in thermal signatures, movements, and even spectral composition, trying to make sense of the rapid transformations. Predators on the island, already formidable in their natural state, took on terrifying new dimensions. Imagine a panther, but now with chameleon-like skin for the perfect ambush, or an eagle whose eyesight could adjust to thermal imaging. Their physiques morphed into optimized killing machines. Muscles became more defined, talons sharper, fangs longer and imbued with fast-acting venom. Their cognitive abilities seemed to enhance as well, as if intelligence itself was being accelerated. Satellite feeds showed these apex predators coordinating in packs, herding prey into deadly traps they shouldn't have been able to construct or comprehend. Flora weren't passive participants in this grand experiment either. Already, they demonstrated an aggressive push for survival, but now the plants evolved new methods of both offense and defense. Thorns, once a deterrent, became projectiles, capable of being launched at high speeds toward potential threats. Flowering plants produced mesmerizing scents that could attract or repel fauna depending on the plant's needs. Vines grew at an alarming rate, ensnaring prey and dragging them into a digestive pit formed by folded leaves. And then there were the microbes. Invisible to the naked eye but glaringly obvious to the senses deployed throughout the island, even the soil was changing. Microbial life forms adapted to break down organic material at an unprecedented rate, producing nutrients that further fueled the rapid evolution taking place. The soil itself seemed to pulse with a menacing vitality, as if electrified by the unfolding spectacle of life and death. Back in the lab, the atmosphere was a complex blend of awe, 
excitement, and underlying dread. Ethical boundaries had been crossed, and there was no going back. Questions that once seemed hypothetical, about the boundaries of nature, the ethics of accelerated evolution, and the potential consequences of playing God, were suddenly urgent and real. But the momentum of the project was unstoppable. Despite the troubling and unpredictable developments, the team forged ahead. Data continued to stream, computers continued to analyze, and above all, the frequency continued to reverberate across the island. With each moment, the experiment spiraled further into the realm of the unknown, propelled by both scientific curiosity and the unsettling realization that they had ignited a chain reaction that could not be easily extinguished. Almost as soon as the drones were deployed to collect physical samples, they began experiencing malfunctions. At first, it appeared as technical glitches, sudden drops in altitude, erratic spins. But it didn't take long for the team to realize that the drones were not failing, they were being taken down. Highly evolved birds with razor-like beaks and talons tore through the carbon fiber shells. Insects, now almost mechanical in their precision, short-circuited the internal wiring with acidic secretions. What was once a controlled experiment was now an active battlefield, with the island's new inhabitants treating the drones as airborne invaders to be neutralized. Not just satisfied with their sky, the fauna took dominion over the land as well. Species that had no earthly analogue roamed the forests and meadows. Picture a creature with the scaled skin of a reptile, the warm-blooded vigour of a mammal, and the multi-limbed dexterity of an arachnid. These new species were not just the product of accelerated evolution, they were as if plucked from the depths of some cosmic nightmare, embodiments of primal fears. And if the fauna had reached an unsettling level of intelligence and menace, the flora was not far behind. Previously, passive trees now exhibited behavior that could only be described as sentient. Roots tunneled through the ground at alarming speed, popping up to entangle and pull down smaller fauna, dragging them under the soil for nutrients. Branches acted like arms, reaching out to snatch insects and even birds right out of the air. Nutrient-rich sacs appeared on bark, luring animals with their sweet scent only to trap them in a sticky, acidic moor. The team at the lab watched these disturbing developments unfold on their monitors with a mix of fascination and mounting concern. No existing model or theory could have predicted this outcome. The once docile island had transformed into an arena of survival of the fittest, but with evolutionary rules that were changing by the minute. However, this was not a movie where one could press pause or look away. The unleashed frequency had made sure of that. Biological life on the island was no longer adhering to millions of years of evolutionary constraints. It was improvising, adapting, and overcoming at a rate that was almost impossible to track. And with each new development, the potential for containment slipped further away, transforming from a scientific challenge to an impending crisis. The sense of urgency escalated within the isolated lab. Security protocols were enhanced to levels reserved for the most dangerous pathogens. Now, everyone entering the control room had to go through multiple decontamination chambers. Personnel donned hazmat suits with built-in respirators, gloves sealed to their sleeves, and boots that never left the sanitized floor. Firewalls were fortified, access to the main servers restricted to only the highest level scientists. 
it was as if they were handling a virulent contagion, and in a way, they were, though this one was digital, cosmic, and disturbingly unpredictable. Amidst the heightened precautions, nobody noticed a recurring pattern in the frequency data, a rhythmic beat, barely discernible, buried under layers of more obvious biological and environmental changes. It was like a faint heartbeat, pulsing through the transmitted data, barely audible beneath the cacophony of monitored life signals, video feeds, and rapid-fire scientific analysis. It was easy to overlook, easy to dismiss as background noise among the overwhelming flood of more urgent information. But it was there, a consistent rhythmic pulse woven into the very frequency that had triggered this chaotic chain of events. And, unbeknownst to the researchers, it was affecting them. Subtle changes in behavior began to manifest. Analysts who were usually cautious began to bypass security protocols, their fingers flying over the keys as if driven by an invisible urgency. Scientists, typically bound by rigid ethical guidelines, started to argue passionately for even more aggressive experimentation. Every individual in the room seemed to be operating at an elevated level of focus and energy, but also with a narrowing of ethical and procedural vision. It was as if the frequency, having wrought havoc on the secluded island, had found a new ecosystem to infiltrate, the human minds engaged in studying it. Unaware of the subliminal influence coursing through their neural pathways, the team pressed on, their actions and decisions subtly but irrevocably guided by the very phenomenon they sought to understand. They continued to monitor the island, now a petri dish of rapid-fire evolution and increasingly aggressive life forms. Yet, they remained oblivious to the changes happening right under their noses, within the labyrinthine circuitry of their own brains. The experiment was evolving, and so were its architects, each increasingly entangled in a web of consequences they had yet to fully comprehend. Panic seized the lab when the unthinkable happened. The source of the frequency, once pinpointed to an unexplainable void in the far reaches of space, shifted. Now, monitors indicated the signal emanating from a location much closer, so close, in fact, that it seemed to originate from within Earth's own atmosphere. This defied all logic and understanding, flipping the already chaotic situation into an unprecedented crisis. Technological chaos erupted simultaneously. Monitors flickered on and off, data streams scrambled, and vital equipment started to short-circuit. The drone feeds from the island froze, replaced by indecipherable static. A cacophony of alarms and warnings filled the room, each blaring siren and flashing light signaling a different system failure. The room plunged into momentary darkness as the main power grid faltered before emergency generators kicked in, bathing the lab in the harsh light of backup illumination. Amid the confusion, the servers housing the algorithms decoding the frequency began to overheat. Their internal fans roared to life, struggling to cool down processes that were redlining beyond their limits. The very architecture designed to dissect and understand the signal was now being undermined by it. And yet, that rhythmic pulse within the frequency, now impossible to ignore, grew stronger and more urgent. Its pattern seemed to infiltrate the room, resonating with the electronic equipment, the buzzing fluorescent lights, even the heightened heart rates of the personnel. No one had a playbook for this scenario. 
The closest analogies in scientific breaches and containments fell laughably short of whatever this was. With the boundaries between technological failure and incomprehensible phenomena blurring, the scientists were forced to confront the very nature of their experiment. What began as a quest to push the limits of biological evolution had mutated into something far more unpredictable. They were not just observers. They had become part of an unfolding event that defied categorization. And as every system seemed to falter, failing to contain or even understand the signal, one thing became terrifyingly clear. The frequency was no longer just an external force acting upon the island or upon them. It was intertwining with their technology, their environment, and even their own neurobiology. The experiment had taken on a life of its own, and whatever boundaries they thought existed were dissolving faster than they could comprehend. A sense of dread thickened the atmosphere as the team fought to regain control of their systems. Their fingers danced feverishly over keyboards and touchscreens, bypassing fried circuits and rerouting data streams, all in an effort to triangulate the new source of the frequency. When the coordinates finally materialized on the screen, disbelief washed over them. The signal was originating from Earth, but not from the experimental island they were monitoring. It was coming from another location entirely, one known only for its high-level, unmarked government installations. The revelation hit them like a sledgehammer, each scientist feeling a cold shiver of horror crawl down their spine. All this time, they had operated under the belief that they were dealing with an extraterrestrial signal, something from the dark reaches of space that had defied explanation. Now, they had to confront a reality far more unsettling. The signal was terrestrial, possibly even man-made. And not just anywhere on Earth, but from a location steeped in secrecy and high-level operations. As they stared at the coordinates displayed on their screens, each scientist mentally sifted through the implications. If this was a signal broadcast from such a facility, did that mean their experiment was not an experiment at all but a controlled event? Or worse, had they unwittingly tapped into something they were never supposed to find? Was this frequency a sort of Pandora's box of accelerated evolution, meant to be kept sealed away in the darkest corridors of classified research? The rhythmic pulse within the frequency seemed to grow more prominent, more assertive. It was as if it were reacting to their discovery, or perhaps even directing it. The lines between experimenter and subject, between observer and participant, had been irrevocably blurred. The team had now to grapple with a crisis that spanned not just ethical boundaries and biological frontiers, but perhaps even the fabric of time and reality itself. Amidst their horror, the realization dawned that they were no longer in control, not of the experiment, not of the frequency, and maybe, just maybe, not even of their own actions. And as this sank in, the lab's communication system crackled to life. Incoming data started to pour in, encrypted messages from the very coordinates that had thrown them into this existential crisis. What could it mean? A specialized team hastily assembled, each member donning a biohazard suit equipped with the latest in protective and diagnostic technology. Geiger counters, atmospheric analyzers, and a myriad of other devices were secured to their belts. Their destination, the high-level, unmarked government facility from which the frequency now appeared to emanate. As they left, the pulse of the frequency seemed almost to quicken, 
as if aware of their impending journey. The team infiltrated the facility under the cover of night, bypassing security measures that seemed oddly dated. They navigated through labyrinthine hallways filled with an eerie silence, finally reaching a massive door requiring biometric identification. However, before they could even consider how to bypass it, the door slid open as if inviting them in. What they found within defied understanding. The laboratory they entered was leagues ahead of their own, incorporating technology that managed to be both bizarrely familiar and tantalizingly alien. Biodomes containing micro-ecosystems, pulsating lights that seemed to aid in cellular regeneration, holographic interfaces floating in midair. It was a vision of scientific advancement that bordered on the fantastical. But what arrested their attention most was a large, central monitor on which the same frequency waveform oscillated. The same rhythmic pulse that had subtly manipulated their actions and dramatically altered the island's ecosystem was here, almost as if it were the brain of this hyper-advanced laboratory. Their eyes widened beneath the visors of their biohazard suits. Not only had they found the frequency's secondary point of origin, but they had stumbled upon a place that had seemingly mastered its properties. And then it hit them. This wasn't just another lab. This place was the future, or at least, a future. The technology around them represented a timeline far advanced from their own. Yet here it was, existing in their present. Horror settled in as the implications unfurled. If this lab was broadcasting the same frequency, did that mean they were looking at the endgame of their own experiments? Was this a future warning them of the disastrous path they were on? The wave on the monitor seemed to oscillate more vigorously, as if urging them to piece together the chilling puzzle. They had set out to study accelerated evolution via an unexplained frequency, but the truth was far more harrowing. They weren't just experimenting on life, they were meddling with the fabric of time and reality, the consequences of which were now terrifyingly uncertain. Scouring the advanced laboratory, the team discovered more unsettling clues. Desks were strewn with quantum mechanics textbooks open to pages discussing temporal paradoxes. Blackboards were filled with quantum equations that hinted at manipulations of the space-time fabric, notations that advanced their understanding yet made the skin crawl. They found more advanced computers running simulations of Earth's future, charts and graphs displaying trajectories of ecological collapse and social disorder. Each revelation intensified their fear, like pieces of an apocalyptic puzzle clicking into place. Then came the most harrowing clue of all, a digital file labeled Project Doomsday. After overriding the security protocols, they opened it and were met with a barrage of data, blueprints, and experiment logs. The project's objective was blood-curdlingly clear. It was an attempt to alter the evolutionary paths of Earth's flora and fauna to save the planet from a looming, unspecified calamity. The logs indicated numerous trials, some failed disastrously, while others, tagged as partially successful, led to even more disconcerting results. It was as if each experiment had only succeeded in exacerbating the underlying crisis it aimed to avert. The frequency, it seemed, was a last-ditch effort, a method of accelerating evolution to develop some form of life capable of surviving whatever future cataclysm they had foreseen. But the records also held a dire warning. Each use of the frequency risked tearing further fractures in the fabric of space-time itself, 
destabilizing the very structure of reality. The waveform on the central monitor pulsed more quickly now, as if reacting to their comprehension. The realization was overwhelming. Their experiment, intended to push the boundaries of evolutionary science, had linked them with this future, potentially their future, and risked not just ecological catastrophe, but the collapse of reality as they knew it. Each scientist felt a nauseating blend of awe, dread, and regret. They hadn't just found the secondary source of the frequency, they had stumbled upon the ultimate consequence of their own actions. They were connected, past and future, in a dangerous loop of cause and effect. And the term, Project Doomsday, lingered in their minds as they considered the unthinkable, had they triggered the very calamity this future lab had been designed to prevent. The moment they set foot back in their original lab, a sense of urgency engulfed the team. The jets that had rushed them back seemed sluggish compared to the rapid pace of their thoughts. They had seen a glimpse of a possible future, a terrifying tableau of what might come to pass if they failed to act. Now back in their realm of familiar equipment and less advanced technology, they felt both dwarfed and empowered by their newfound knowledge. They immediately turned the collective genius back to the frequency, diving into its complex algorithms and quantum equations. Their eyes were now open to the immense power and danger of the waveform, and they set forth to decode other aspects of its mysterious composition. Was it a warning from their future selves? A blueprint for a solution to the upcoming calamity? Or was it something else entirely, something their minds could scarcely comprehend? Computers word to life, codes were inputted and calculations executed at a feverish pace. The waveform, displayed across multiple screens, seemed almost to interact with their endeavors, its pulsations quickening or slowing as if it were sentient. For the first time, they began to notice variations in its pattern, subtle shifts in frequency and amplitude that had previously gone undetected. After countless hours of relentless scrutiny, they managed to isolate different elements within the frequency. Elements that, when isolated, appeared to serve different functions. One seemed to alter only plant life, another targeted animal DNA, and yet another seemed to interface with synthetic materials, affecting their molecular structure. As they analyzed the data, they started to realize the frequency's multifaceted nature. It wasn't just a tool for accelerated evolution, it was more akin to a Swiss army knife of quantum manipulation, capable of affecting change on multiple fronts, biological, ecological, and even, it seemed, temporal. Despite their earlier dread, a glimmer of hope sparkled amidst their findings. If they could understand the frequency in all its complexity, perhaps they could find a way to use it safely, to avert the future disaster they had glimpsed in that advanced lab. But just as they allowed themselves this glint of optimism, their systems registered another change, the frequency's waveform started to fluctuate wildly, as if destabilizing. It was a pattern they hadn't seen before, a chaotic spasm in an otherwise stable signal. And this new aberration brought with it a fresh wave of dread. What if the frequency was not just a tool or a warning, but also a trigger for the very cataclysm they were trying to prevent? With fingers flying across keyboards and eyes locked onto screens, the atmosphere in the lab was one of palpable tension interspersed with moments of frenzied activity. Then, it happened, a breakthrough that shattered the pressure like glass. 
one of the astrophysicists, fueled by a combination of desperate inspiration and mathematical acumen, succeeded in inverting the frequency's waveform. Without wasting a second, they tested the inverted frequency on a high-fidelity computer simulation of the secluded island's ecosystem. As they watched, pixelated flora and fauna reverted to their original forms. Overgrown, menacing trees shrank back to their familiar sizes, ferocious predators morphed back into their less terrifying versions. The simulation showed a reversion of the accelerated evolutionary traits. The room seemed to exhale collectively, as if everyone had been holding their breath. A sigh of relief filled the room, palpable even through the sterile environment of the lab. It was only a temporary fix, a digital experiment rather than a real-world application, but it represented a glimmer of hope, a flicker of light in the dark void they had been staring into. That glimmer grew brighter as they refined the inverted frequency, making adjustments for real-world variables and unpredictable elements. Though the pressure was still on, and the unknowns about the future and the true nature of the frequency still loomed large, for the first time they felt like they had some semblance of control over the volatile situation they had unleashed. As they celebrated their modest victory, unaware of what lay ahead, the frequency's waveform on the screen did something new. It flickered briefly, then stabilized, as if acknowledging this small battle in a much larger war. But beneath the momentary relief, a nagging question refused to dissolve. If the frequency had the power to both accelerate and revert evolutionary processes, what else could it do that they had yet to discover? Within hours of the breakthrough, plans were already in motion to apply the inverted frequency to the beleaguered island. This time, they would take no chances. Military drones, usually reserved for combat situations, were armed with Advanced Electromagnetic Pulse EMP, devices. Their mission was clear, neutralize the highly evolved, hostile flora and fauna to pave the way for the release of the inverted frequency. The drones swooped in, flying low over the mutating canopy of the island's jungle. At the designated coordinates, they unleashed a burst of EMPs. Electrical charges surged through the air, temporarily disabling the adaptive, predatory mechanisms of the island's inhabitants. Plants that had evolved to shoot thorns and capture prey with vine-like tendrils suddenly went dormant. Animals that had developed advanced hunting capabilities froze, momentarily disoriented. It was a brief window of opportunity, but it was enough. From a high-altitude drone, the inverted frequency was released across the island. For a moment, nothing happened, the world held its breath. Then, the changes started to unfold. The monstrous creatures roaming the island seemed to shrink, their bodies contorting as they lost their terrifying features. Reptilian scales receded, fangs shrank back into ordinary teeth, wings that had sprouted from the backs of mammals deflated and disappeared. The plants followed suit, retracting their barbed tendrils and projectile thorns. The oversized, menacing trees reverted to their original forms, shedding their excess mass like a snake shedding its skin. From their remote vantage point, the team watched these developments unfold through satellite imagery and drone feeds. Their collective pulse began to slow, anxiety waning as they saw the effects of their corrective measures. The island was reverting to its original state, 
slowly but surely losing the nightmarish quality it had acquired. As they monitored the progress, verifying each change through cross-reference data points, the sense of impending doom that had hung over them began to lift. Maybe, just maybe, they had found a way to put the genie back in the bottle, to undo the damage they had so recklessly inflicted upon the world. But even as they reveled in this temporary victory, the central computer system at their lab flashed an alert. It was a data point they had not monitored closely since their return, a trace detection of the frequency's emanation, but this time with an alarming inconsistency. The frequency was not just coming from the future lab or the secluded island, it was starting to appear in multiple locations around the globe. No sooner had the champagne bottles been considered for uncorking than a chilling event unfolded. The lab's power grid malfunctioned with a suddenness that turned the atmosphere from one of tentative celebration to immediate crisis. Sparks erupted from control panels, screens flickered and went dark, plunging the room into an unsettling semi-darkness. Backup generators kicked in, but the damage was done. Emergency protocols activated, locking down the lab as diagnostic programs ran through the system to identify the cause of the malfunction. The answer came sooner than anyone would have liked. The original frequency had mutated. Data logs showed irregular spikes and shifts in the waveform, as though it had evolved to counteract the team's efforts to neutralize it. The room filled with a renewed sense of dread. They had been outmaneuvered by the very thing they sought to control. The frequency was not just a static signal emitted from some unknown point. It was dynamic, adaptive. It was evolving in real time, learning from every action they took against it, just as it had accelerated the evolution of the island's flora and fauna. The implications were terrifying. If the frequency could adapt and evolve, then it was only a matter of time before it found a way to counter every safeguard and countermeasure they could develop. And with the latest data showing that it was now emanating from multiple locations around the globe, the stakes had never been higher. As the team scrambled to restore systems and recalibrate their equipment, a haunting realization settled upon them. They were not just racing against time, they were also racing against an entity, be it artificial, natural, or something in between, that was quite literally evolving to outsmart them. And so far, it was winning. Systems finally stabilized, the monitors blinked back to life. The team exhaled a collective sigh, grateful to regain control, if only momentarily. But as they busied themselves with checking data integrity and restarting experiments, something unprecedented occurred. A new window popped up on the central monitor, its border flashing red to indicate an emergency communication. Then text began to scroll across the screen, as if being typed in real time, stop. You don't know what you're doing. The room froze. It was in English, clear, concise, and unmistakably directed at them. A message embedded within the frequency, yet different from the complex mathematical equations and algorithms they had previously decoded. This was a direct communication, and its implication hit them like a freight train. Who had sent this? Was it from the future lab they had discovered, or was it the frequency itself, now evolved to a point of sentient communication? The message was unambiguous, filled with an urgency that left no room for misinterpretation. All prior calculations, experiments, and celebrations evaporated, 
leaving a raw, gaping void of dread. For the first time, the scientists were united not by their quest for knowledge, but by a shared, haunting realization. They were meddling with forces that not only surpassed their understanding but were actively resisting their interventions. The brief message lingered on the screen, each word like a weight pulling them deeper into a sea of unknowns. Their hands hovered over keyboards, their minds racing, yet paralyzed by the magnitude of their newfound predicament. Stop, you don't know what you're doing. The warning was clear, and for the first time, they began to fully grasp that their experimental reach had far, far exceeded their conceptual grasp. And someone, or something, was now pulling them back from the brink, screaming through lines of code and across the barriers of time and space. Stop. Amidst the palpable tension, the room's main computer started a final, comprehensive scan to triangulate the signal's origin. Algorithms ran at breakneck speed, fed by data from an array of global positioning satellites and deep space telescopes. This was it, the ultimate test to ascertain where the enigmatic frequency originated. A three-dimensional holographic map materialized in the center of the room, showing Earth, the surrounding space, and the perplexing dark zone that had first caught their attention. Then, with a sudden zoom and refocus, the map pinpointed the signal's origin. Earth, but not just any Earth, the coordinates matched their planet, but the data associated with it was staggering. The signal was coming from Earth, but an Earth existing thousands of years in the future. Temporal variables in the data confirmed it. This wasn't some experiment gone awry or an extraterrestrial message. It was a transmission sent across the immense chasm of time. A future Earth was warning them, screaming through the medium of this highly adaptive, evolutionary frequency, stop. A chill settled over the team, each member absorbing the weight of this revelation. The future Earth had not only mastered the manipulation of evolutionary processes but had also figured out how to pierce the veil of time to send a dire warning to its past. The frequency wasn't just an experiment, it was a cautionary message, one that had adapted and evolved to ensure it could not be ignored or misinterpreted. And so they faced a crossroads of unimaginable consequence. On one hand lay their insatiable curiosity, the lure of uncharted scientific landscapes. On the other, a desperate plea from the future, an echo from a world that had perhaps paid the price for the same unbounded ambition they themselves possessed. The message was clear, but the choice was anything but. In the midst of this existential quandary, live feeds from the drones monitoring the island flickered back to life. Everyone turned their gaze to the monitors, where a real-time view of the island displayed a scene so starkly different it was nearly unrecognizable. The monstrous, alien-like forms of flora and fauna had not just reverted to their original states, they had vanished entirely. The island was barren, as though wiped clean by an invisible hand. Data feeds scrolled rapidly on adjacent monitors. The frequency, it seemed, had executed a final act of self-correction, erasing all alterations it had made, all life forms it had touched. The island was now an empty canvas, as if the entire horrific chapter had been expunged from the annals of Earth's history. This drastic action only deepened the enigma. Had the frequency, sent from a future Earth, corrected itself to prevent a catastrophic timeline? 
Or was this disappearance an even more complex cautionary maneuver, executed by their future selves to halt any further meddling? As they stood there, staring at the blank slate that was now the island, the scientists were engulfed by an overwhelming sense of awe and dread. Had they just received a warning from their future selves who had tread down this perilous path? Or, in a chilling twist, had they themselves become the warning? A lesson imprinted into the fabric of time for future generations to decipher and hopefully heed. The room remained steeped in silence, each individual wrestling with the enormity of what had transpired. They had ventured to manipulate the very strings of life, and something, someone, from the future had pulled them back, erasing their dangerous dalliances as though they were but errant lines on a cosmic chalkboard. As they pondered, the monitors flickered once more and then went entirely dark. No alarms, no emergency protocols, just an unsettling stillness. And in that void, each was left to wonder if they had narrowly averted an apocalypse, or had served as architects of a warning etched into the cosmos, a lesson for a future that might now, just possibly, have a fighting chance.